Well, one of those guys one. was Michael Morse, you know, who, who was yeah. in that collision. And they're saying now that, that fight may have effectively ended his major league career. No way. Because he's had the lingering effects of a concussion, you know, really? from that fight. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Well, that and his inability to hit a fucking curveball. Well, exactly. <laughs> There was a reason. There was a reason he came running from the dugout <laughs> as opposed to on the fucking field. Oh, I'm bad. Oh. No rap can rap quite like I can. I take a muscle bound man and put his face in the sand. Not the last mafioso. I'm an MC cop. Make it say go. Welcome to Atlas Bacht, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. This is episode 27 entitled, The Catfish Hunter S. Thompson Chronicles. Welcome, Bakers, to episode 27. And, folks, this is our last episode of the 2017 season because Lethal Injection wins the Juiceless Trophy, or bobblehead, by taking out Omission Commission 61.4 to 49.9. Scotty put up a good fight, but Mikey just steamrolled through the playoffs. That Indian staff putting up a 14.2 breaking records all over the place on the pitching points going up, putting up a bunch of points that we didn't see in the mid part of the season. We were wondering if he was even going to make it into the race for the playoffs. Let's give it to Mikey. Mikey is the champion. He has won the Juiceless League 2017. He did it in amazing fashion. Yeah, he, um, again, for for being the guy that that everyone wanted to play coming in, You know, squeaking in with the uh, near 500 record, barely winning his division. It's all about the timing, right? So uh, his team turned it on, absolutely turned it. Four out of the five playoff games, he scored over 50, 61, obviously, to close it out in uh, a dramatic fashion, just in case anyone wanted to to hope that if they had made it. Uh, Rizzo, again, a guy that, you know, we questioned at some points throughout the season. Um, I think he averaged uh, over six and a half for the playoffs 
and and that's with a 2.2 in there somewhere so four very strong and then the uh the indians average over 13 points during the playoffs are you serious uh over the two 14.7 uh, over the two World Series games, oh so my gosh. they just got yeah, better and better. I mean, we we if you remember talking about how great the Dodgers were with yes. their twelves, yes. Um, the 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 Indians that that was a bad week uh, for them during the playoffs. So <laughs> huge, absolutely huge. The idea of Mike winning it is not surprising. He did make some huge calls. Um, Rosario, yes. uh, Dijon, or, or a couple of guys that, you know, he always seems to, to do that. And then, interesting, I pointed out to you today, he uh, had Cargo on the roster at DH yeah. uh, to finish it off. I know you've had him once or twice for a championship. Yes. I've had the guy once or twice for a championship. So I, I think uh, Carlos Gonzalez has won more juiceless championships than, <laughs> uh, than any other player at this point. So. Hell of a year. Way to go, Mike. You know, it's a classic example. You you know, one of the oldest sports cliches of a team getting hot at the right time. You know, they were that uh, team all year that was inconsistent. But boy, when they put a beat down on somebody during the regular season, there was no doubters. You know, they, they were really killing people. But then they would have those head scratching games where they uh, where they struggled. And that was reflected in their their overall record but you know to your point jack once once the playoffs began they were a steamroller i remember emailing mikey in the second week of our series and saying you know if if bryant and rizzo actually get hot here i'm screwed and that's exactly what happened uh, i think they both put up sevens this week or close to it he made the right calls yeah smarted all of us he did and and i'll say that he stuck with the Indians. i think he had the indians last year as well but if you take a look at the stats, right, and this is just goes to how important pitching is. Number one player this season, Charlie Blackman, Chuck Nasty. Mm. Number two player, Goldie, Paul Goldschmidt, both Jack's Wax Packs players. Number three, Giancarlo Stanton, Reardon Medal. Aaron Judge, fourth best player in a mission commission. Joey Votto, the only non-playoff player uh, in there, uh, Joey Votto. Sixth best player, Nolan Arenado, 47 Ronin. Jose Altuve, Mr. Blonde's Heroes. It's not until you get to the uh, eighth best player, Anthony Rizzo, that you get to one of Mikey's players. And Mikey's players got hot at the right time. He had the pitching that got hot at the right time and took it all the way. And, and you know, good for him for sticking with them, for not breaking up his team, for not getting frustrated going into next year. I expect a lot of activity trying to get those pitching staffs uh, with a lot of these teams. We even heard, heard Scotty talk, talking about giving up talent to get a pitching staff last week, which was quite shocking, uh, frankly, to, to hear Scotty say that. When you, uh, when, <laughs> when you make it that far and, uh, and your staff is beat by 10-plus points, that'll <laughs> ch- change your outlook on things. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't think any of us have ever um, not realized how important a quality pitching staff is, but it's so much more difficult to choose that staff. I mean, I've had the first or second or third pick a couple of years in a row. You know, two years ago, the Cubs were my best player. This past year, I think I drafted them again, and they weren't that great. You know, Jack, you know, the Dodgers, you know, you rolled with the Dodgers all year long, and you picked them at six or seven. Yeah. I think the Indians were fourth, I think. Yeah, I feel, you know, I mean, I'm glad that I have a high pick, and it's important, 
but it's not like these players. You know, the bull, the composition of the bullpens is just so much. Obviously, it's so much more complex because we're talking about the combined performance of twelve plus players. You know, plus the minor leaguers and injuries and so forth. And then you have to factor in, you know, pitching staffs are affected by the run production of the team that they pitch for. And so it's just it's much more complex. And, and maybe, honestly, uh, giving up talent it might be wise for Scotty. But I know that for the first time ever, I, I really think that I need to spend quality time uh, in the months or the weeks leading up to the draft really to the best of my ability um, looking into these staffs at a, in a deeper level. You know, I, I kind of looked at quality of starting rotation, closer, decent bullpen, and are they on a winning team? That was kind of the level of my analysis. And so maybe the the key going into next year is, you know, looking even more deeply at who they're bringing up and what their AAA depth is and injury histories and all that, all that stuff. Or maybe I'm just yeah. totally wrong. Uh, I'd be happy to take that burden off your shoulders, Greg. And if you'd like to do a nice quick trade, I can, you know, that way there you can they make me an take offer. it easy. And absolutely, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. It's very rare that the number, that the first pick staff is the number one staff. Um, in fact, I, I don't remember hmm. the last time or, or if it's happened. Um, however, the percentages increase dramatically in that first grouping of staffs generally. Generally, you're going to right. find, um, and again, depending on, on your homework, I personally had the Indians and the Dodgers um, in that you know top four, top five. I, I liked both of them. Had I been the first or second pick, I probably would have done what everyone else mm-hmm. would have done um, and not ended up with one of those staffs, but it does in, increase your, your percentages being at the you know, the top end uh, of the draft versus that bottom. And very rarely, you know, are you going to get a, a, a staff as, as solid as the Dodgers were uh, and seem to be again now that it no, no longer matters. <laughs> I really wonder, like, would, next year, if they were sitting there for you, would you snatch them up at, what is it, two? You're picking number two? I am. Yeah. Um, or would you? That's a better question, right? I had them ranked higher, so so again, if I was seven and they were there, yes, absolutely, I'd take them again. I'd take the chance; it's worth it. It's seven, um, as as great as they were for as long as they were. You know, was it was it a fluke? Um, you know, those those couple weeks. Um, again, they're they're back to normal now. They got a twelve something this week. That's a uh, it's an interesting question. Well, I remember in the past. I don't know if it still holds true, but you said, Jack, that uh, the team that finished at the top of the the pitching staff points every year is not the it's, it's always a different team the next year. They they never repeat. That's prob. I think I, what I said was was what I had just said now, which was that the number one pick is rarely finishes. Um, but that that's probably true too. I I can't think of any years where. Maybe the Yankees back in the day, but but many years where it's the same staff every year. No, not that that may be true. Well, I don't think the Yankees have been relevant as long as we've been doing this uh, league. But maybe it was the old league. Yeah. They're fifth best staff this year, and actually, if you take a look at three-year average, they're typically in the top five. The Yankees. Yeah, they they actually um they had a solid year this year. Yeah, the the staff. So the Indian staff number one for the year. Uh, Dodgers and Red Sox, both Jack's Wax Packs properties, uh, were two and three. Astros was four. The the Astros staff was fourth. 
and Yankees were fifth. And the Diamondbacks, which were just picked up for nothing, um, yep. uh, I think week five or week six. The national staff, which I thought would be much better, they are they're always the tease, aren't they? Aren't the aren't the nationals always? Yes, like uh, oh, they're going to be top two or three, and and they always, I mean, they're always good, but they're mm-hmm. they're you know they're over promising and under delivering. They're they're perpetually slightly disappointing, despite their excellence. You know, if they're also so far up in their division, don't you think that uh, makes a difference in how they actually perform in fantasy? You know. Uh, the staff is under no pressure. If they lose a couple of games in a row, it doesn't. It's kind of like the Dodgers. It doesn't really a, matter if they lose. They don't. They don't uh, I'm not going to say they don't try re- as hard, but they're a reflection of their well, actual team, which is they're perpetually like a favorite going into the year. They're a very yeah. popular pick. I wouldn't disagree. They with just that. don't get it done. You know, p- part of it is our scoring system, and and you know, again. There's different proponents to the scoring of staffs, winning percentage, and and earned run average are generally your two considerations when you're talking about pitching. So that's usually where you go first is, you know, how do they win? What's their run average? And both of those things count in our league, but they don't count as much as strikeouts to walk. So strikeouts to walks ends up being a, a, a bigger factor. And quite honestly, the difference between all of these staffs that we're talking about in winning percentage and the difference between all of them in earned run average is not very many points in our league. Um, You'd be surprised how little it is. So the real difference between the staffs ends up being strikeouts to walks and um, and saves actually, and then you know the possibility of complete games. If so, when you put all those things together, like the Indians, then you end up just fucking dominating. Um, hey, another but, twenty strikeouts and no walks, and we're going to be tied. <laughs> so so the you know the Nationals are are, are an example. Um, obviously, wins they're, they're not having a problem. Um, you know, their, their earned run average is, is solid, um, but they're, you know, they don't have as many of those extras as some of the other staffs. And, and that's why they're down just a little bit. Again, the difference is not much. I, you know, Tim was just going through the, the staffs. I'm sure the difference isn't huge between them, but um, a lot of the time that is, um, you know, the difference is, is the strikeouts to walks and then the, the saves, which, again, you, you could be. You know, so good of a team that you don't have the opportunity for saves because you're kicking everyone's ass and that hurts your staff. Well, there was another game being played this week. Joe and Jack in the Little League game are having a good one. You know, this morning they were tied. It does look like that Jack actually is pulling ahead. So there will be another week of baseball, even though we won't be chronicling it. My thought is, you know, maybe Jack and Joe shake hands and split the third place crumbs and save us all the embarrassment of watching them play it out like two aging boxers who are trying to get a few more bucks out of their broken bodies. But who knows? Screw that. That's our penance for being in the Little League game. you got to suffer <laughs> through it. I mean, it just, I, I, I have to say, I would kind of, I really watched the, the World Series game. I, I'd glance at your your games and it was a fun game to watch i mean you guys were back and forth but it did it did have that kind of feel of a fight that's not on pay-per-view that's just got a couple of uh overweight heavyweights that are just slugging it out and you know going deep into the rounds but you know the seedy side of town maybe yeah, we just got to figure out who's muhammad ali and who's larry Holmes. i wasn't thinking of that level no <laughs> i feel the same way and and i'm in it so <laughs> To put the uh, exclamation point over it, we're fighting to get to 40 to, to win. So while, while these guys are in their 50s and 60s, as they should be, it's almost embarrassing to continue. But uh, my guys are still standing up. 
at least some of them. Oh, nope, Cabrera's down. Okay. So if uh, <laughs> some, of the, some, some of these old guys are not going to make it through this series. That's okay. So, Posey uh, tapped out too. Well, that's not a surprise. A fucking pussy. <laughs> Listen, gentlemen, let's go ahead and take a break here. We'll see you back in a few minutes. Old National Got Skanks Everybody uh, You know what I'm saying Check it Well it's the M.I. Cricket Letter Ain't no one better And when I'm on the microphone You best to wear your sweater Cause I'm cooler than the polar bear's toenails Oh hell there he go again Talking that shit Bend corners like I was a curve I struck a nerve And now you about to see the southern plague serve I heard it's not where you from But where you pay rent Then I heard it's not what you make But how much you spend You got me bent like elbows Amongst other things But I'm not worried Cause when we set up in the party Like I'm out you scurry So go get your fucking shine box And your sack of nickels It tickles To see you try to be like Mr. Pickles, daddy fat sex, B-I-G-B-O-I is that same motherfucker that took them knuckles to your eye and I try to warn you not to test, but you don't listen. Giving a shout out to my uncle Donnell, locked yeah. up in prison. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah. Welcome back, Bockers. And Greg was able to unearth the some of the history of this podcast. He was he he was doing some brainstorming on naming this podcast. I love the name Atlas Bocked. Once I was able to say Bocked without sounding weird or feeling weird. Um, and obviously, you know, the fact that we have now Bockers and Bocker Nation is, is pretty fucking awesome. But we, we could have been calling ourselves something else. Greg, can you share some of the titles that you had kind of thrown out there? Yeah, I, w- I, was, in, I was in Pittsburgh visiting family, and I, I was still thinking about the name. And I texted you that day, Tim, and I was like, hey, I don't want to be mean but do you, do you think that we're set on that title and you said no let throw some ideas at me and i i told you i was going to try to go into a stream of consciousness mode and so these aren't all funny and you know but this is literally the i must have sent you 20 or 30 texts within <laughs> 30 minutes so you're insane i love it notes from the pen i mean these go from the ordinary and the kind of perfunctory <laughs> things that you would think of to, to some of the pretty strange ones uh, notes from the pen, notes from the living room dugout, um, the curse of the Bambino. Oh, that's boring. Oh, this, now here's the first good one. Candy Maldonado ate my baby. <laughs> the Catfish Hunter S. Thompson Chronicles. That was a, that was a close second right there. <laughs> that was there. a good one. Yes. Twisted Ankeels. <laughs> the Infield Guy Rules. Um, being or a weaver, being Branch Ricky. Thank you, Mr. Ricky. Designated pitchers, designated haters, bang the drum virtually. <laughs> the unnaturals, Bill Buckner's gloves, Mookie, the podcast, bring the heat, high and uptight, down in the zone, fool count, F O O L count. Wade Bloggs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hate Wade Boggs. <laughs> Fourth base. Pine tar talk. <laughs> Balking dogs. Balking dogs, I guess it would be. Balking dogs. <laughs> Chin music. Oh, and I think the last one is the paunch hitters. <laughs> nice. That was awesome. And it was about that quick, too. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, did did this podcast 
change your view of fantasy sports? Did it bring anything to life? Did you learn anything? Well, I think just based on the last segment, we're talking about the pitching staffs. I mean, I think we've, we've said it, several of us have said it throughout the year and, and even some of our guests that hearing um, such regular discourse about uh, theory and uh, strategy has made us all kind of go to our personal bag of tricks a little bit more often and, and to think more deeply about the games. I mean, we're all, you know, in this and, and very interested in it and very attentive to it. But I think just not doing it in isolation, which was what I'd been doing for all these years, with the exception of occasionally chatting with you, Tim, about it, was I, I was really doing this on my own with no, no, no context, you know, no frame of reference, not knowing how Joe strategized or how Jack strategized or Mikey or anyone. It's challenging me to think about my preconceptions and my, my, my strategies, my long held strategies. And I I can tell you, and I'm not, uh, this doesn't give anything away for next year, but I, I think that I've been, although I've been a pretty active trader in the past, I've been reluctant to move some of my bigger name players. Now I did get rid of Posey this year, but um, I've been one of those ones who just had certain players on lockdown and, and just seeing Mike Trout get traded or Charlie Blackman get traded. I mean, those are major players. Stanton get traded. You know, it's just it's, it's leading me to think about should I have anybody on my team who I kind of categorize my mind as untouchable? And I don't know what I've concluded yet. I, I don't know. Fuck no. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. So 27 know weeks in, yeah. your answer is, I don't know if I've learned anything or not. Is that, is that... <laughs> no, no. I've learned that I need to think more, more deeply. Oh, oh okay. I, I've learned that I need to challenge my own preconceptions, but that doesn't mean I've reached any hard and fast conclusions. Got let's it. face it. You know, as far as managing my team, I checked out mentally weeks ago because you know they're they're it was about out week five, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I have a theory. So we've been doing this for a while, for years, many years, and we all know that that Tim has the ability to see the big picture and have the discipline to put himself in a, a position that, that may appear one thing now, but end up something else later. So my theory, if you go back and listen to the podcast throughout the, the episode prior to this season, and we've talked about it many, many times, I don't know if we've ever talked to you guys about it, but Tim got to the point where he was having a very difficult time trading. Very, he had, um, guy that, that gets Bryce Harper for a couple of schleps that just, you know, you get this, this yeah, people start thinking certain things about you and it becomes a very Ooh. difficult trade. He had a really hard time. Um, so, so my theory is that Tim created this podcast with the knowledge that he was going to tank this season <laughs> and more importantly, right. trade off these stud players so that he could tell everybody that it's okay to trade with him. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have noticed, ever since he's made these trades, all he's done is talk about how phenomenal <laughs> it is to trade with him, mm. how great everyone's done since <laughs> with him. So, again, it's a long con. It's, it's a big play. It's right. not a short right. It's not a yeah. short term. Uh. But, uh, and I understand it's a bit of a reach, but uh, for those conspiracy theorists out there, <laughs> something to consider. The slow knife. Uh, I wish, I wish. I can't even fucking predict the outcome of the next week's games. Uh, the fact, <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> 
Jack plays the games deeper than anybody. So now I'm like, what the fuck? Where is he fucking going with this? Like I, now I'm, he just loves to send me off on different directions. It's been his fucking way of doing it for two decades. And I come back like, oh, he was just bullshitting. Um, the, I'm, I'm still recovering from the beating that I took in uh, segment one of last <laughs> so maybe it's just, just me babbling at this point. <laughs> no, I, I think for me, uh, I learned that, A, the conversations that I would have individually were far more entertaining when we got together as a group and, and, and did it, and that the level that we could take even a minute detail and, and expand it and unpack it and evaluate it was fascinating to me. And although it may have been at times a bit dry for the maybe the just the casual dynasty fan, uh, I loved really getting into the game theory that, that that this game has so many levels to it, and the fact that it it, it can be as as random as life itself, uh, yet you know you, we still want to find that edge to find that way to get just a little bit more when we started to talk about trades and you know the moves that Jack made early on with the pitching staffs and how really kind of locked up his playoff run back in in late May was fascinating to me and so I I really learned that there's a lot of depth to this game and a lot more than I didn't even really come to appreciate that was not a denial honestly I had (laughs) no preconceived notions that that was the case I was frustrated people didn't trade with me and i have said since that trade at least five times an episode you should trade with me that is true but there wasn't i, I didn't didn't create this whole podcast no. for it i just wanted people to understand and say see look he did well with this he did well with this he did well with this because uh you know chris did an effective job of of uh explain to everybody why they shouldn't so i had to compete with that motherfucker this is true i yeah just take, well, taking advantage of the situation and you very well should have so yes in right. that aspect um having the opportunity to to broadcast uh the uh the fact that that trading with tim is good has definitely worked out for you and <laughs> and, just, and you do deserve it right. I, you, like again you've traded uh, like I said, you know, lest we all forget that you've put yourself in a pretty good fucking spot for next season. <laughs> However, um, I, I am not unhappy with the players that I received from you and the deals they share. No, I, I you were on to me when three episodes ago you said, I hate to fucking admit it, but, and then you talked about my trade and you did not want to go there. You just did because you knew Tim's inability to trade was an advantage for you. And, um, and it, you know. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> But but even as Jack is endorsing Tim as a trading partner and you know revealing Tim's uh, secret strategy, you know he he's he's also in a very subtle way uh, mind fucking us all because he he dig, digs the knife into his brother. You know at the outset of that that speech saying, well you know you got Bryce Harper for a couple <laughs> of schlubs. You know Jack loves to 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 make mixed messages and to and and to confound people and you know. Jack just paid me a compliment, but yet I feel terrible about it. Why, <laughs> why? Why is that? You know, it's those subtle mind games that we've all come to know and love about Jack hey, Swagger. Jack was negging people before you were born. There That's you right. That's right. That's why he used the Red Sox staff this week. That's right, man. That's right. So Greg might have been ghosting people, but Jack can fucking <laughs> neg with the best of them. He'll neg someone and they'll thank him for it. I've seen it. I've actually seen it, guys, like many times. This is not 
this is not unusual. I mean, the reality is him saying that, him actually thinking up this is another way to kind of say, this is all a ruse. Like, don't shade with Tim. It's all, he's going to screw you even worse. Right. Like, yeah, right. And the, Tim orchestrated all of this. Right? Uh, That's just, just, this guy should be working. Fuck sports. This guy should be working in politics, right? And he, and he had orchestrated because he, he pulled the biggest trade hoax or the biggest trade uh, debacle of all time against my brother. And so he has to do this. But you know what? No, I have to admit, it is fun to trade with Tim. Uh, hey, t- Tim yeah. is the Kaiser Sose of <laughs> yep. There you go. That's funny. That's funny. Joe, did you learn anything? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what a gift is. That. He knows it's a gift, not a gif. <laughs> he does. Uh, he knows I'm the that one who pointed that out. So Four a.m. is his uh, threshold for texting. Who on this podcast miss Joe's drunk texting? Like, what's like? Shit, there, there was uh, My Drunk Kitchen was on YouTube. Why can't we have My Drunk Texting with Joe? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, what's happening, Joe? You suddenly, like, you teetotaling? What's the deal? Do we need to send Scotty down there, knock you off the wagon? What's the deal? Yeah, two, well, two, two bottles of wine stand <laughs> behind me. Yeah. Are they There's full the or are they the empty? There's the end of the podcast right there. <laughs> are they full or are they empty? I mean, come Is on. They are full. I bought them so in case a wine drinker comes over here, they'll have something good to drink. I think one of the themes throughout the season is about commitment, Joe. And having two full bottles of wine behind you is not a commitment to drinking. <laughs> You've seen his lawn, so don't talk about commitment. <laughs> in all honesty, I looked at that picture. I'm like, his lawn looks fine. Like, I don't, I could. I no, nah, it was pretty scraggly. Yeah. I mowed it again today, though, so Greg wouldn't complain just in case I accidentally sent a picture of it. The funniest was that when you sent us the picture and the tree is, like, bent a little at the top, and we, we Greg, Greg and I were like, I don't, like, the drama of this picture is not coming through. It's it's not, it literally, like, I felt like you were honestly sending it to us, like, see, can you see that? But it whatever it is, it didn't come through. And I think Greg was talking about an overweight squirrel up on the yeah. top might have been. The weight of one squirrel on the top of that tree, or, or like, a, like a, it was like the Christmas tree when you put that, you know, the the antique angel that uh, your grandmother had that was made out of uh, cast iron, and it kind of, nah, I don't think it can handle that. It's tipping over. No, that was the that was the extent of the storm coverage from Joe's backyard. I will tell you that the uh, one of my favorite times was on the um, Epic Collision of Hair episode when Jack just went off on Buster Posey, like the like the vitriol that he had. I mean, I could see the spittle coming out towards the mic, his the veins popping in his neck. Like you know, you are a catcher. It is your fucking job to protect your pitcher. And Greg's like, wait now, wait maybe and you know talking something about like maybe the pitcher said he was going to do it before and Posey was like if you do you're on your own blah 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 and we're like no that's shitty and, and, and jack just came right back like that's fucking wrong he was dancing around the pile at the end and i i just i i listened to that the other day and i was just laughing my ass off that was so much fun and then joe talks about the two guys that come flying in and smack heads and get, like they get carted off the field or something like that. And it was just as I hadn't seen it. And it was even funnier when I saw it. And, and with Joe's commentary it was great. I, I just had, that was such a favorite moment of mine this year. It was so funny. 
Yeah, but the Pirates would have signed him for uh, you know three point five million for next year. <laughs> him and Jason would make it awesome. Oh, that's right. I think my favorite thing was uh, Tim's story about uh, cornhole with Tammy. Oh, that just made me laugh so hard. Oh, Jesus! I, I I don't I haven't laughed that hard in a long long time. Well, when I, I walk up, uh, you know, we're like 15 episodes in. I, I'm right. Okay, I'm going to tell a story. I'm the, I, I, I'm the only one that hasn't told a story. I suck at telling stories. I come up. I have this all set up. And literally 30 seconds in, the three of you are kicking the shit out of me. And, and you know, coming to the defense of Tammy. And, I you know, I think about four or five minutes in, I was just like, all right, I'm done. Like, you guys win. <laughs> like, it just doesn't matter. But that's you, should, you shouldn't have married such a sweet woman. Uh, yeah, it was great. But that sparked such an interesting kind of uh, sidetrack for us, you know, because it wasn't just that story about cornhole, and then we were done talking about cornhole. It was like, you guys remember the movie The Jazz Singer with Neil Diamond? And, you know, it, as improbable a plot line as it was, that this cantor, you know, from a kibbutz in Israel comes to the U.S. and becomes a pop star. As improbable <laughs> as all that is. In the middle of that plot line, you know, he has a like a midlife crisis on top of it all and, and hits the road as a drifter in a country western singer for, <laughs> for like three months before he comes to his senses and has his triumphant return concert in New York. That was the cornhole sidetrack that Tim went on. You know, I've known Tim. We've all known Tim for a long time and, and never in my life Not has once. Tim have expressed any interest in cornhole. And then not only is he talking about a, a cornhole um, you know, uh, in, in the middle of his marriage, but he's talking about watching it on ESPN, and he knows these guys, and you know, he, he knows the the not, not all just, sponsors. Yeah, the sponsors. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like the, it was Cheetah like bag. Uh, yeah, it was like Tim like had been struck in the head by one of those bean bags, and then you know, he, then he just came to his senses, just like Neil Diamond and the Jazz Singer. You're a lot like him. I'll take that. And and I've enjoyed the interplay between Tim and Jack. It's it's fun watching these two old friends go at each other, just like we saw tonight. That that's awesome. And Greg's stories. Greg is an awesome storyteller. Yes, he is. You know, I think my like when we we got to like the epic collision of hair and I, and the pure macho bullshit episode. That's when I really, you know, I was all in at the idea of participating in this podcast. I thought it'd be a lot of fun, but I was thinking like, okay, this, what, what are we going to have to talk about? I mean, yes, there's, <laughs> there's fantasy games going on and we'll talk about an occasional trade. We should be in and out in this thing in about 30 minutes an episode, <laughs> but it's going to be, it's going to be the dullest 30 minutes, you know, uh, since, uh, Charles Corral retired, it, but, um, but then we started like going down these rabbit holes and we got real with one another. You know, we, we started to get comfortable speaking with one another. We started learning how to kind of take turns in, in our conversation. And then we were talking about things um, like, you know, stories, sharing things about our lives. And then lo and behold, there was real controversy this year with the zombie team. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you know, all kidding aside, there was real emotion attached to that issue, and we didn't uh, shy away from it. We didn't say, you know what, let's let's uh, let's refrain from really expressing how we really feel uh, on air or you know being recorded. Uh, we talked through it. 
you know, and it, it, you know, we, I kind of thought, and we all kind of thought that, that this podcast would be more or as much about uh, our friendships and our lives and, you know, the fun that we have that this brings into our otherwise uh, fun and interesting lives, but just a different thing uh, as much as the games themselves, you know, and I think if we had like the, you know, like a time of possession statistic for this podcast, we probably spent equal time talking about non-baseball things. What unites us is our, our friendship and our love of baseball. So that was all <laughs> cool stuff. And when, so we started getting real. That, that's when I really was like, man, this is fun to be a part of. And then, of course, seeing it on iTunes. That first time that it was like, man, I can download this on iTunes. That is badass. That's <laughs> yeah. fun. I, um, I, I, uh, well, I, I missed enough of the podcast uh, that I can say that um, <laughs> It, I got mostly with good excited. excuses, by the way, just you mostly, know, mostly. Um, I, I would get as excited, you know, on the ones that I missed to, to hear you guys and um, a, as any other podcast that I'm downloading right now. So, again, obviously, I have vested interest, um, but the, um, the entertainment factor is there for sure. I, I agree. I had more fun talking about the non-baseball shit or at least uh, breaking up um, some of the, the, the deeper stuff. That said, uh, you know, we've been doing this again for for a long time um this was one of the most unique seasons i've ever been a part of i mean from everybody in our division getting crowned before the season started um <laughs> to to, to, to wah, have it his division of the bunch him's uh, uh trek with with you know 50 point losses throughout the season we had uh, as i mentioned we had two of the three longest winning streaks uh, in the history of the game this year. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, to have the, the 10 and 19, you know, Mike, uh, I know for a fact, Mike was, so the games end on Sunday, week 19, which, you know, was the final week of the season. It, it, Chris and Mike were still competing. <laughs> and Mike was a day away from trading the Indians to Chris mm. with the knowledge that he, you know, with the idea that Chris was going to make the fucking playoffs instead of Mike. Uh, and here he is with the fucking bobblehead. So, um, like I said, it's been a, it's been an awesome season. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy for Scotty that, that he got to, uh, to kind of take that trek. You know, I'm also happy that he got knocked off by one of the fucking old schoolers. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. And, and again, you know, thinking about the division breakups, uh, you know, for next year already, you know, you got yourself and, and Greg kind of rebuilding and, and starting out outside of the uh, the big boys division this year. So um, um, it's going to be an interesting season next year. I'm looking forward to it. You know, you brought up something really interesting, and, and I do agree. It seemed super odd this year. I also hadn't watched a season this closely either. And, you know, when in, in our opening, when I talk about the weird, I didn't really appreciate how weird it could get. I thought it was going to be far more mundane, which is kind of how Greg was talking about what he thought this podcast was going to be like. Do you think that the podcast pushed it into a weirder zone and, and, and kind of created a shakeup and maybe this league was just kind of plodding along and people were doing their things and we all had our roles and that now the roles are different. I, I, I certainly know that I'm a different player now because of the podcast. Do you think it, it did that for the league overall? I think we need a focus group. I mean, I, you know, we know that people listen to it. We know that Scott did. We know that Mikey did. Pops probably not. Um, the Dreamers, uh, you know, that's still a mystery. Um, 
And so it certainly impacted, clearly impacted the four of us because we're talking about how it impacted us. And I know that it, it and Chris listened, but, you know, to what extent, uh, you know, to what level it impacted other people? And I, I don't know. I, I'd be, I would love to find out. Yeah. I, I, if it impacted anything, I, I definitely think, I definitely think it impacted trading. So I, I do think that that, that did come into play. I, I, me and Tim talked about that before the podcast, um, that that might be one of the things that, that does. Yeah. I learned a little, I know a little bit more about how each of you guys look at the game and, and think about it. Um, which again was another, uh, you know, concern or, or question that was mm-hmm. brought up beforehand. Tim, maybe not so much. Um, again, he's always been done a, a pretty good job of, of hiding his hand. So I don't think, or maybe I just knew him so well before this started. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that's it, but there's just he's, not that much more out there. There's but, not. Um, yes. He's very <laughs> deceitful. <man. laughs> watch him guys watch him um, <laughs> Just watch me watch him right <laughs> over, there, our over there yeah. <laughs> there definitely has been weirdness in other seasons and, and we've compared kind of this to that but not all of these things that that happened this year more of them in one season or the odd stuff the off the beat stuff in my opinion in one season than, than we've had in the past we just happened to have, have captured it i'd like to know you know, I know he's probably not a regular listener, but I, I would be curious if Pops listened to even one episode. I know I, I, we we never got him on. It's funny we joked about how we would have everybody on, and and I think I made a, a half-assed joke how we would just end up not being able to get him on. <laughs> I, I think he, he I think he might love this more than anybody. You know, I mean, you know, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Didn't somebody make it part of a trade that he had to come on? Me. Yeah. But unfortunately, he thought he was staying through Sunday, but he was only staying through Saturday at Mikey's. So we had it all set up, but yeah, I know they don't have the internet in Port St. Lucie. Yeah, so uh, maybe we could do that if we, you know, if we decide to do it in the off season. Maybe we should. Maybe we could have a a separate episode, um, or at least just a a nugget, right? Something they could do. So coming up, we're going to have an exclusive interview with the Juiceless League 2017 champion. Back in a minute. Chicky check, microphone check. One. Chicky check, microphone check. Two. Chicky check, microphone check. Three. Check game from the notorious Compton G. Back with some shit that got the bump. As you pull up in the park, your pops are drunk. Just a fossil like a motherfucker clown in this shit. Got your daters on your hoopty and your fly ass bitch. Throw off, throw off, show off, I'll take that home. If she proper, I'ma pop up. The whole hop up is back on track. So this is Jack and Tim. We have the champ, Mikey. What's going on, Mikey? How you feeling? Good. <laughs> I'm doing good. I uh, I completed the impossible. Yeah. I mean, it was maybe improbable, but it was uh, like amazing to watch. And I had a front row seat just to see your team kind of rev up. In week 17, I think it was, 16 or 17, and then just explode into the playoffs and not slow down. I think actually at one point, maybe it was Joe that pointed it out, Jack, that Mikey had scored, I don't know, 110 points in two weeks. My thinking was, holy crap, that team is hot as fire. How is he going to keep that going? And 
you did. I mean, you had uh, you know uh, one close game, but the rest were were amazing. What did it feel like? What was it like to just? I, I had I had two close games with Joe. Both of our first games were within two points, and then the last game I beat him. Too. Right, right. I just I think we we figured out it four of his Mikey's five scores were 50s or better right including the 61 to finish them off for the playoffs right so again talk about yeah getting hot at the right time a lot of that has to do with the indians getting nothing less than 12s and 14 <laughs> the whole playoff yeah they had a 14.77 for the world series for the two games. 13 over 13 for the playoffs. that's nuts that's i mean i drafted them straight thinking that's what i was gonna get so i'm, I'm not surprised but it just took a little while it took them a little bit, and but and, Jack, uh, you re- you remember I told you I would take them one. Oh yeah, no, we yeah we 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 talked yeah I remember talking about the Indians and and we both I I had them high as well. I don't I didn't have them one. Your Cubs um, stepped up for you as well. They um at some points throughout the season they they were uh, mediocre at at best, but again when it counted, um I think Rizzo I think averaged over six and a half for the playoffs. Right, um, and Brian so was on and off. Yeah, yeah, but he got you sixes and seven. I mean, yeah. Yeah, again, any any time you get a six from anyone in the playoffs, you're happy. I don't care yeah. what position it is. When when you when you can get those scores from uh, those guys, you expect it. When you get them from Paul DeJong and who the fuck is E Rosario? By the way, eight point <laughs> eight. No, I'm telling you guys, when I when I beat Chris and I finally found out that I was going to make the playoffs. I knew that I had no shot with the team I had. So I went and got Paul DeJong, Eddie Rosario, and somebody dropped cargo. And I took a shot on him and just had him on my bench. And he's been getting me sixes and sevens, which is kind of crazy. So, and you you beat Chris to get into the playoffs in week 19. Right. And if I didn't beat him, he would have had the Indians because we, we had a trade in place. Because that night, if I let a loss, that trade had to go down before midnight that night or else I was eliminated and it wouldn't have counted. So we had to do that trade. We had to figure out whether I was going to win or lose and whether we were going to do that trade. That's how close I was to trading the Indians and quitting. So how did you, did you look at your phone a lot while you were in the playoffs? I mean, no, no, I don't, I don't have it on my phone. The only time I look at my scores is when I'm at home or at TV. I don't have anything on my phone. So no. And the crazy thing about is, it is, does anybody else me. take that as as an insult? <laughs> does that piss anyone else off in the league that this fucking guy doesn't even have it on his phone? We had Scotty almost getting fired because he couldn't take his eyes off his phone, and uh, Mikey's like, "No, no, we're good, we're good." Dude, dude, not only do I not have a phone, I had no fucking power the fucking championship week because of a hurricane. <laughs> you were getting, you were sending me changes and like I. You know, can you get this in? This is what time it is. Spotty coverage. No internet. Yeah. Uh, was it-, it was rough. <laughs> You're one of the OGs. You, you've been around this this uh, game for a hell of a long time. Was this an odd season in your opinion? Let me tell you this, and this is the honest truth. When I was looking at the site and I seen the bottom that had all the winners of the league and I've never been in there, I really thought like I was going to start really concentrating on this league, but I didn't think it was going to be this year. <laughs> so once, once again, I'm real happy that I won this league and I finally get my name on the championship, but I just didn't think it was going to be this year. And 
if I didn't make these pickups and those things, I wouldn't have done it. So, I mean, I, it's just, I just feel like it's a lot. I did a lot more coaching than most people would make in the playoffs. And it panned out. I got lucky. I mean, Paul DeJong was not but, even a top 100 prospect. No, that, but that, that I, I, my last championship or, or maybe the one before I'm but, but, um, uh, who the hell, Mike Napoli and, and Shane Victorino were, were my heroes. <laughs> Neither of them played, <laughs> you know, two fucking games right. for me in the regular season, but they just turned yeah. it on for a, a two, you know, three, four week period. And that's a, a big part of, uh, you know, making those calls at the end. Um, you happen to do it with, with some younger guys. Cargo's a fun one because, um, you know, me and Tim, Tim has won a championship with Cargo on his roster. I have Cargo. won a championship with Cargo on yeah. my roster. Yep. Uh, the dreamers. Oh, I, I, I don't, don't know who dropped them. The dreamers. Yeah, that I don't know. The dreamers. The dreamers dropped them. And I, I, I didn't pick them up. I mean, I, you know, I've had the guy before. So again, it, you just make the right moves at the, uh, at the right time. Mikey, are, are you superstitious? Do you believe in luck? No, I just changed my lineup. <laughs> I changed my <laughs> shitty guys. <laughs> <laughs> I took, I took my, kept my core and fucking replaced my shit spots with good. I mean. I used four catchers in the playoffs. Let me let me ask you about something. One of the things that we talked a lot about on the podcast uh, was your trade for Kevin Maitan. You want to take us inside that trade because we knew you were in a dogfight. At that point, I think you traded, which was probably week 13, week 14. You trade away Chris Davis, a power hitter, uh, plays a lot. See, I'll tell you two words, Eric Dames. Eric Dames is Chris Davis. Why would I need two of them? All right, Mikey. So listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna name several rappers from the '90s. I want you to tell me who the top two are, in your opinion. All right? Yeah. Jay Z, Nas, Biggie, Ice Cube, Tupac, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Scarface, Ghostface Killer, or Andre 3000. Are we going by just by music or by talent? By by whoever. By music, you... I, by music, I would say Dr. Dre. So Dr. Dre and who else? The Chronic 2000 is the ultimate fucking ride. Yes. So I would say Dr. Dre. If you're going by talent, then I would go probably Nas. What we like to talk about a lot is um, is uh, Paul McCartney or John Lennon, but I'd actually like to ask you, right, of those two, Who's your favorite? Out of Paul McCartney and John Lennon? No, fuck that. No. Dr. Dre or Nas? Oh, Dr. Dre. All right. That's beautiful. You got a favorite? When 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 I open up the podcast, what type of music you want me to play? What what do you want your fucking championship walk-up song to be? Just some fucking good old West Coast fucking Dr. Dre, dog. Some <laughs> Maybe, uh... <laughs> I love you, Mikey. You're fucking awesome. So what? You were gonna give me. You were gonna give me one. Give me a couple. We'll see what. Trying to think. This is this is your this is your season, man. But that was interesting. What made you think of those hip hoppers? Those 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 guys. Well, because Andre three thousand to me is he's Atlanta. A weird choice. A weird choice to throw in there. If you said Outcast, I would be more. I think that Big Boy has way more talent than Andre three thousand. Uh, Big Boy, uh, I think, in my opinion, has come on quite a bit over the last five to seven years. Whereas I think Andre 3000 has been bigger for longer, but you know, to me that was more about the Atlanta connection. You know, I know you, you, I mean, I, I know you don't love all things Atlanta, but I do know that you 
have been a fan of rap for a long time. He was on Outcast. He was on Outcast. Right. Yeah. Well, so Mikey was always into the West Coast uh, and and Dirty South. And then, you know, Boris was always in on on the East Coast stuff. Yep. Um, Yep. So that's why. But the fact that you put Nas up there was lyrically lyrically yeah, yeah. Sounds, yeah i don't like a lot of, i don't like a lot of Nas's music like there's like three or four songs that are classics right but lyrically you can't really fuck with Nas. i mean yeah his lyrics are disgusting to where if, Snoop, if you listen to snoop dogs there's party lyrics and shit but you don't go wow that's fucking amazing <laughs> you know i'll throw you a good lyricist in that one of my favorite lyricists of all time is ll cool j oh yeah because his songs make sense give me that Give me LL Cool J. I'm bad. All right. Got it. Well, Mikey, I got to tell you, man, congratulations. It couldn't have happened to a better person. It was fun watching it. I, you know, I I was out early, so then I had to watch some of my friends kind of get their hopes up and then get them crushed by you. But, you know, the good thing is you're a great person, great human being, and have a lot of fun with it. And it is weird. I agree with Jack. Not seeing your name uh, up there on the champion's ledger, I think. I think there's a there's something right with the universe now, you know. I think, I, yeah, it had to happen. Um, no, I did say as as again as much as we you know talked about his team being the worst going in, and um, you know, I did mention that um, at one point I was really hoping for a non Tim, non Mike playoff opportunity. <laughs> and, uh, sure enough, one of you bastards snuck in there and took this son of a bitch bobblehead away from me again. <laughs> yeah. Y'all know how this shit go, you know. All eyes on me. Roll up in the club. Yeah, right. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. You know what? I bet you got it twisted. You don't know who to trust. So many player hating niggas trying to sound like us. Say they ready for the bump, but I don't think they know it. Straight to the depths of hell. Still down, nigga, holler when you see me And let these devils be sorry for the day they finally freed me I got a caravan of niggas every time we ride Hitting motherfuckers up when we pass by Until I die, live the life of a boss player Cause even when I'm high, fuck with me and get crossed later The future's in my eyes Cause all I want is cash and things A five double low, bands wanting flashy ranks well, I, you know, I don't know, guys. Uh, this is uh, this is this is it. This is the the end of the season. I think we chronicled it well. I think we, from a journalistic perspective, we did a horrible job. But certainly, from an entertainment perspective, I think that there were moments of true genius and many moments of just you know stupidity, but funny stupidity, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I, you know, I, I I know that you know I, we have about. You know, well, we have a we have a small number of blockers out there. I'm not going to say how many are actually kind of regularly downloading this, but there's there's a core group of people that I think really enjoy this. And so as we kind of take the the winter and start thinking about, you know, should we do this again? Should we make it happen? Do we want to put the commitment in? Uh, you, you know, you all had done such a great job of making this happen. I mean, you know, Jack and. Joe, I mean, you guys are up till midnight routinely recording this on a Sunday night. That's a tough way to start the week off. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, we all have life going on. We, we were thinking about earlier off, we weren't recording, but we were thinking about just what's gone on in life, you know, over this last half year. And we've, we've talked about some real kind of drama 
some, you know, kind of really weird stuff and, um, you know, maybe some mundane stuff there too, I think, uh, made a big difference. But, um, you know, I, I, I personally have got to say that, um, this has been just such an amazing, uh, just an incredible, amazing time for me. Um, I so appreciate it. I mean, to, to be with, in my opinion, three of the most high HQ combined with the most Chuck, Chuck nasty type attitudes as you guys, uh, was awesome. Um, I love you guys. I love each of you and have been so happy to spend the time with you. And I think I just, you know, wish you all favorable randomness this off season and uh, a lot of joy as we head into, you know, the off season and, we uh, holiday season and you know a nice wet winter here and maybe a slightly cooler winter there uh in in florida so thank you thank you for all that you brought to this for me and for everyone else that enjoyed it yeah tim i i would uh i i concur with that and i would say that you know we talked about our favorite moments of the year and and on air but honestly the the best part about this podcast and about the league but about the podcast this year in particular is that you know, off the air, the four of us and some of the other members of the league, you know, the, the fun interactions that we've had, the, the texting threads. One of the things you, you miss when you stop playing competitive sport is that feeling of being on a team, of having teammates. You know, the closest thing that I had to it coming into this year's podcast was my siblings. And, and it's kind of that shared experience and those in jokes and that we, we can pick at one another, but ultimately we're on the same team. And, and now I feel like the four of us are on this, this uh, venture, this podcasting team, even though we're competitors in the league and that's fun. We've had some, some great fun this year, but we've all, you know, there's been some serious things that we've all gone through this year and just the laughs and the fun and, and the, the support that, that that's priceless and that's a it's a wonderful thing and so you know I, I know we haven't said it explicitly but for our listeners um i think we should make it clear that we intend to be back next year you know this was a learning year for us and we'll be better than ever next year yeah i would agree with that it's it's been awesome doing this it's it's really opened up my eyes to to how this game works a whole whole bunch more than I ever thought it would. Um, you know, like like Greg said earlier, I didn't uh, wasn't really sure what to expect when we started doing this, and I I found that it's become something I look forward to thoroughly. Enjoy it when I'm not on it. I I can't wait to download it and listen to it just to hear what everybody's saying. You know, it's it's just been fascinating. Work on your gift game of this winter, Jeff. Yeah, it's going to take a different phone. <laughs> You're lucky I have a smartphone. It hadn't been that long. <laughs> He did put in a good hard 10 minutes trying to figure that out at my house and just said, fuck it. <laughs> we appreciate the effort. Joe has to send a telegram from his phone <laughs> to a local UPS store and then they relay it back to us. Kinkos. Uh, image of a uh, person falling off lawn chair. Stop. <laughs> LOL. Stop. <laughs> Send to Greg, Jack, and Tim immediately. Stop. But what it prevents me from doing is sending a, a picture of a boulder, a boulder rolling downhill behind Indiana Jones with, with your own face on it so you look like Dark Helmet. Listen, motherfucker. You know that that image is going to haunt you all fucking winter. Because that boulder 
is Mr. Blonde's heroes coming for your ass <laughs> next year. Do you realize, Tim, that you didn't ask us how we were doing at the beginning of the podcast? I think he just doesn't care. I, yeah, oh, okay. I'm done with you. Yeah. I, the talent, okay. fuck. Happy I manage year. you guys all year long. Fuck you all. Okay. Like, I, I was don't care. trying to be your editor of continuity. That half a year of care in. Once we Tim. get past half a year, it's fucking over. Jeez, I hope this is over soon. Like uh, the party's over. You know, Tim should, uh, like, a, a quiet, like a Clint Eastwood type of... Uh, over the credits song just warbling along like Gran Torino. <laughs> I yeah, you know what? I don't know why because uh, that was my routine. That's so funny. I guess I guess just being aware that this is this is done. It's been a half a year. I think it's quite the opposite. I know you were kidding, Jack, but I think I care more now. I think that uh, this has been a wonderful time from a friendship perspective, and I think that most people that talk to me about what they hear on this podcast is exactly what Greg was talking about, that these are four guys who really care about each other and, and, and have a lot of fun. And um, that, you know, I think there's some deep friendships both on this podcast and throughout the league. And that comes through. And, you know, if that's the only thing that comes through, I think then it's a success. And um, we've had a lot of fun. I think probably next season, um, you know, it will be a little slicker. I think we've got a good way of talking about the games that make sense. And if you remember, there were like five episodes where we spent 25 minutes going through <laughs> points and rosters and, you know, people oh, were Dale sleeping. Too, yeah. Like number we had three, three. singles, four doubles, <laughs> right. a triple. <laughs> like, warning, do not listen to in your car. People are falling asleep, like <laughs> going over the median, crashing into trees. Like just like, <laughs> just, it was boring and then you know i'm narcoleptic now (laughs) it captured narcolepsy in a bottle let's hurry up and get the greg breakup story (laughs) (laughs) oh boy anything for ratings that's what he said right i just oh my god is there any sort of epilogue to that story have you have you uh, heard anything i don't think she's listened no i don't think she's listened a wise woman well, we, no matter why she is, obviously she dated me and then she put <laughs> on, on a shirt of, of her own shirt, you know. But, I mean, uh, that's two strikes in the wisdom department, if you ask me. <laughs> Maybe the only wisdom is to stop listening, you know, but she doesn't possess the impulse control not to respond to something like that. So I think it's pretty safe to say she didn't listen. Or she's still building up her response. Didn't it take a little while last Yeah, right. Yeah. She's been feeding her dogs wet dog food for the last you get to the, You got to the point where you thought you were in the clear before the yeah. uh, shit shirt situation. <laughs> exactly. Now would be the time that right over Greg's right shoulder to see her face appear. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right? just, and then just static, right? Like, holy shit. Right. Just the white outline of the head. Right? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that would be. That's actually kind of creepy now that I think about it. He was, he's got his flowers lit. He's got some incense burning. It's This is a special moment, fucking Joe. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. <laughs> Summer's over <laughs> here in heart. Portland now. The switch has been flipped, and it's now uh, you know, 210 days of cloudy, <laughs> misty rain. Well, boys, I love you guys. Thank you so much for doing this. We will be talking sometime soon. I'm sure we'll put some stuff out over the winter and then think about how we attack this next spring. Well, I'd like to say on the behalf of the other three of us, thank you for coming up with this idea and putting it together. You've done all the hard work on this. We've just sat along and, and had fun, but you're the one that actually does the work, Tim. So we appreciate it. Love it. I absolutely love it. Kudos. 
Love the fact that you guys are into the Garage Band version more than the Steely Dan version, and and, a, mm. and don't mind the rough edits, the poor audio, and a bunch of other record skips along the way. It was the it was awesome. It was freaking awesome, and uh, uh, I'm sure I'll miss this. So uh, uh, until we get together again, uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you all individually or somehow together or. On a gift war or making fun of Joe's drunk texts. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> this has been fun. And that may happen. <laughs> there you go, Joe. Get back in there. Uh, all right. It's all right, boys. Great, fellas. Good night, fellas. Have a good night. Good night. Yep. What would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Turn your headphones on. <laughs> he looks confused. <laughs> Which he doesn't he doesn't normally look confused, does he? Oh. He's like, How did I not make it to the World Series? That's what he's thinking right now. Like he he's he says, I turned my frickin' porn down. How do I turn it back up? <laughs>